Scoreline Extra, where you get a chance to catch up with some of the interviews we conducted on KCLR Scoreline every weekend. Action-packed show today. We'll be catching up with Kilkenny senior Camogie manager Brian Dowling on his side's All-Ireland semi-final clash with old rivals Cork. Also, some post-match reaction from Kilkenny intermediate Camogie manager John Scott and some of the players. Gary Kyo of Marble City Boxing talks about the going interest in the sport in Kilkenny. The Irish NFL show host Colin Cronin discusses the upcoming NFL season. And Navy manager Colin Keelan and St Mullins manager Niall O'Donnell give their thoughts on a pulsating match between the two sides on Saturday evening in the JJ Cabernet and Sons Carlos Senior Hurling Championship. And that's where we're going to start. Brendan Hennessy and Niall O'Donnell. Niall, uh, that kind of concrete your semi-final position, uh, two wins, but uh, it wasn't simple. No, it wasn't at all, and we weren't we weren't expecting it to be simple, to be fair, coming up. that We, we knew we'd be in for a battle, and thankfully the first quarter we played very well, and that, that got us over the line ultimately, I suppose, you know, but Michael looked to play great hurling there in the second half, and we were playing second fiddle for a lot of it, and that we just have to accept that, you know. We have to try and improve for two weeks' time, but that's our fourth week on the trot as well, like, so... Maybe the boys might be getting a bit tired, so we have to consider it, you know. The big plus tonight is that uh, the star of Carlo Hurling is back, Marty Cavan. I know one man doesn't make everything happen, but he did make our team tick fairly well at times tonight. Oh, he was going very well there, but look, in, in fairness to Marty, Marty's a great club man and county man and everything, but uh, there, there wouldn't be very many people in the position that he's in would have lined out today, like, you know. He knew the club needed him and he, he, he stood up to be fair and... I would say anyone would be saying Marty's a month off where he should be playing really. Yeah, so he, that. I'm sure he's he's sore going home tonight now, and I'd be very. He told conscious. me he, he told me he is. Yeah, I'd be very <laughs> conscious that he, I hope he's all right tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And after aggravating Anton there and that's injury, you know. So, but look fair play to him. That's a testament to his character, and he did his bit, and that's all we asked him to do. You yeah, know? you knocked over a few nice points. A lot of your players scored nice scores. I know mm. you look back at your stats and you say this didn't happen, that didn't happen. Michael would say that about our first yeah. half, but the end of the day, you won the match. Oh, that's it. Look, it, as we said today, it was a quarter final. That's the way we looked at it. And everything, every match in championship is just to get to the next round, and we're there, and we we have our two weeks now, and hopefully we'll utilise them to the best of our ability and come up here in two weeks' time and give a good account of ourselves. Well, listen, well done tonight. We look forward to that because it has been a cracking championship. I think you'll agree. I know with your four matches played, and when you're not getting the wins that you want, and when you, you start worrying because you're back us to the wall. Last match you've won it, but uh, all in all, the hurling has been good in Carlo. Oh, it certainly has. Look, Agnelson are playing very good hurling. Rangers were awesome in the first half against us last week. They were really at a, at a, on a different level, really. And they were competitive. Yeah, they were. Oh, certainly. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They'll uh, in their last round, they'll be they'll be fighting to get into that semi-final uh, next week as well and, yeah, and as I you know Bell and Killen can cause trouble as well they brought you with extra time oh, not too long ago oh, in, in the county final yeah, the, look they knocked us out of the championship <laughs> last year <there's> no, <laughs> <there's> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's simple as that they're the facts no, it's, look it's a very tight championship really and uh, sometimes a team gets a run on the others and makes them look as if they're way behind but there's very little between the, the five teams really and Bagnus on her after bridging the gap from last year massively this year so I'm sure they're very buoyant going into their last match they're off this weekend they're sitting back I'm sure they're planning for next week's match and like who knows they, they could top that table yet you know Niall thanks for your time uh, well done in qualifying for the semi-final we look forward to seeing you in that because uh, St Mullins means a lot to lots of great hurling people around the country and all these Carlo teams well done in your yeah. own great work and we look forward to that no bother thanks, thanks Niall good man thanks a million no I'm not on tonight I have a
Colin Keeling wasn't to be tonight but what a game uh, very competitive and you nearly get out at the end but lost out narrowly in the end but uh, not the end of the world one more game left and you still can make the semi-finals yeah we can make the semi-finals disappointed tonight but um, we left a few chances behind us and we hit the post in the end of it and it wasn't to be so we have to regroup now again and um, probably getting close is not going to be good enough anymore we have to put a, a performance in to win it but it seems to be coming and unfortunately tonight luck didn't come your way in the second half you had a few bad wides in the second half Kevin their goalkeeper St Mullins goal brought great saves as Brian brought up brilliant saves in the first half so it was a highly competitive game and the spectators going home out here said in the neutrals it was a great game to watch yeah it was a great game especially the second half and from last year to be this by 8 and it wasn't really competitive or 9 and um objective was to get closer to, to Mullins, St Mullins and uh, Mount Leicester Rangers and we have but it's no consolation tonight when we're so close you know um, that you really we're trying to get that win to get the monkey off her back but hopefully next weekend we'll do it You're probably disappointed with your half time score you'd only won 4 on the board at half time and you finished up with scoring 2-9 in the second half so that was a big turnaround Yeah we did we didn't shoot well we had missed 2 opportunities in the first half for the goals we just the goalkeeper came out and the ball hit him and Scott or, yeah, Scott Tracy had it and he hit him again with us kind of a little bit of luck but look at you by your own luck and look at a draw probably would have been a fair result but in fairness they know how to grind out results and just the mouse is back so he, hasn't he, he did back, well he, did he well. hasn't been back for anyone yeah but he did do well but I thought uh, Michael Cavanagh was outstanding on yeah. a young lad that's, he's learning his trade really but like to be put in on a, a fellow like him we had tried two lads on him and they weren't ever for me put a chap on him and he'd done a better job on him and that's what he, he he's a good chap you know so that's, Dean has been excellent but you lost him on the under 22 injury he was a bit of a loss for you tonight as we well we lost him and Owen Hawsey yeah. so yeah. like yeah, Owen Hawsey and on the county panel um, Dean probably going to be someone like most probably in my opinion he's just an exceptional hurler great ability great eye for a pass a goal he's just a good chap Tobin went got carried off early in the game and in the under 20 well Dean did sorry on stayed on but there wasn't available for today so hopefully they'll be back next week and if they're not that's what we have solved for OK well listen very best of luck next week and I uh, hope your win comes for you and all your Michael supporters will be hoping that anyway but I have to wish Ballin Killam well too being impartial but anyway very best no, of luck No no we'll look at it's going to be a 50-50 game they gave us a bit of a tossing in the league final we know that they're going to be coming at us and so we're going to go at them let the best team win sure Best that's of luck Colin thanks very much Thanks very much Good man you're a pleasure to interview Thanks So post-match from the Carlos Senior Hurling Championship, now on to post-match in the Kabogi. And this is Kilkenny manager Brian Dowling. Brian Dowling, never easy to lose in All-Ireland semi-final. Your overall thought after the loss today? Oh, sure, it's hard to go into words now, just so disappointed, you know. You put so much into it and just come up short, you know, it's very disappointing. But look, so proud of the girls and the character again, they shown we were there right to the last second and couldn't have asked any more. Just, you know, I suppose the first half was disappointing, didn't hit the ground running. But look, I suppose we got the lucky breaks last year and we just didn't get them today and that's the way it goes. Yeah, can you put your finger on it exactly? Five points down at half time, albeit they never looked out of it, but it was a lot, a strong lead, I suppose, to give Cork in the way that they were playing. And their work rate seemed to be phenomenal in the first half. Uh, yeah, so, I suppose it happens in hurling. Like you know, I think people expect you to hurl for sixty minutes every time you got on the pitch. That's just not reality, you know. And look, say the first half wasn't great, but two minutes before half time, there was only two points in that game. Cork pushed on for three points, and the wind was strong as well. There, you know, the puckouts were coming down a lot longer. Whereas the second half.
half we're probably holding them back a little bit but look we, we probably missed a goal chance right at the start as well it would have been a great score for us if we didn't get it and you know maybe our composure around the goal was poor got blocked down a few times but look Cork are a great team you know and sometimes we'll get a few points ahead they'll get a few points ahead and that's the way it is and they got over the line today and we're just very disappointed now Yeah the second half was a small bit better I suppose in the fact that the work rate was very very good in it we got the goal chance then we didn't seem to really push on from it and then the red card offence bit of deja vu it seemed to be the mirror image of Galway all over again well I wouldn't say we didn't push on I think we went to point up after getting the goal so you know I think that was the first time in the game and look I don't think the setting off had really much an effect because it was only three or four minutes left you know look again Cork just had so much hunger there today just you know we had it last year you just you know just you, you, sometimes when you have that so much hunger you get that bit more luck and look again we just we're just so disappointed now. We gave it everything, you know. And again, I can't say a bad word about any of them girls in that dressing room. They've just been such great great role models for Kilkenny down through the years. And you know, um, I just said it in the dressing room there. They're just great ambassadors for Kilkenny Camogie. And you know, I'm sure the 16s and the minors are looking on at these girls. And you know, no matter what happens when out with the pitch, you know, dive your boots on. So we always say, and them girls definitely did that. And look, some days you don't hit your top performance, you know. But we won all Ireland last year. Came around and won the league. And Evan said we weren't playing well. Got back to the point of an All Ireland semi final. Get back to an Ireland as a great Cork team. So look, when you play the likes of Corks and Galways, you're not going to get anything easy. And you know, we're just just so disappointed now because we wanted to get back to here to two weeks' time, and we're not going to be there now, so we just have to look our, lick our wounds and move on. I suppose, unfortunately, that sport you have the elation of last year in December, the league final, as you say, as well. Great to have supporters back, and the support today really pushed the girls on a small bit to get to six all Ireland finals takes great commitment. Like, as Kilkenny would have been today, they've already been in five in a row. The commitment that's shown by that team, as you say, they owe Kilkenny Camogie nothing. No, they don't, like, and that's I suppose we wanted to the one thing this year was we wanted to get back to all Ireland for, for, for the families and the friends, you know, who didn't get to be here. And December the 12th last year, you know, they didn't get to. I suppose expressed the joy with us here and you know it was maybe a little bit strange for them being at home watching and we really wanted to give them that opportunity so you know we kind of feel like we let people down in that sense but you know again I think people their families can see the effort that these girls put in it's just it's unbelievable like you know the only people realise it you know the, the, the sacrifice that these girls make and there's just a great bond and a unity in that group and you know they we're so close and you know, again, every night when I trained, it was a great pose, a great atmosphere, and you know, just it's it's just so it's bitterly sweet now. It's bitterly disappointing, sorry, to just come up a pint short, especially when we got that pint ahead. You know, I thought we'd really push on and then maybe see it home, but it just wasn't to be. Yeah, well, unfortunately not, but we want to thank you anyway because you've always been a pleasure. You've always given us your time as well throughout the league and the championship. It's going to hurt, we know, for everyone. But the intermediates are back here on the 12th of September, so at least we can look forward to uh, a game with them. Just your thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, look, John Scott and Brendan Cahan, the lads have done a brilliant job with the intermediates. And look, we have a great relationship there. We've, we've worked, we, we met at our, you know, a point at the start of the year to have a good relation, work together. And, you know, the girls have trained with us for a lot of the year. And, you know, myself and John have good communication and, you know, we, we kind of share the girls during the year. And, you know, the girls probably benefit from training with senior, but if not getting games with us, it's great that they're getting games intermediate. And look, best of luck to the intermediates. We'll be rooting for them, you know, and, and please God that, that they'll have a better feeling than we had in, in two weeks' time. And also to the minors had a great win yesterday, you know, best of luck to them. And it'd be great if Kenny Camogie get another two All-Irelands you know on the board Well hard luck today we know that you give it everything every day you go out there and thanks for everything throughout the year Okay thanks Martin From senior to intermediate success John Scott and some of the players caught up with Anya Fahey and Martin Coulty I'm down on the famous UPMC Nolan Park pitch here with Minning manager John Scott 
John, you have the biggest Cheshire cat smile I have ever seen on your face all year. What a result. Back to Crow Park, first time in five years. Sum up your emotions after that victory. Oh, absolutely unbelievable. Now, I'll just stand the line there. I think after having about three or four heart attacks there, the way things were going. But look, I'm so delighted for the girls. They put in, they worked so hard all year. During the league, we had a few bad results, but and even in the first round of the championship against Antrim, but we knuckled down, put our heads down, and we said, "Look, we don't want to ever feel that way coming out of today. We did it out of Antrim, and look, they've done everything." Do you think that the girls might have been that small bit nervous in the first quarter even? It was tense, you know, it was probably dour to be even watching it for a while. But once he got into your rhythm and you started flowing, he got some lovely scores. And I mean, Sophie O'Dwyer, it's great to have a free taker like her. Ten points in total, nine of them from freeze. What a performance as well. I know it's a team performance, you're going to say, but it was outstanding to have a good free taker. Oh yeah, you know, and in Camogie, and you know yourself, Martin, that a good free taker is so, so important. And Sophie's... She nails him nine times out of ten. She will nail him all the time. She had a great... Look, today, I think that it was a team's performance. But, like, she was... If we get the freeze, we have to get someone to put them over. Yeah, from the victory that Meath had broke our hearts above in Banahar that day, we could have been in a league final. But, as you say, it was probably a stepping stone. You certainly worked on things that didn't work that day against Meath. And it showed us what a, a, an overall performance the team put out there today to crunch out that victory. We did, yeah. Look, and that day, as I say in Borough, we went down into the corner after the game. We were just so heartbroken after it. And we did say, we turned around and we said, what we were feeling then, there was no way that we wanted to ever feel like that again. And... Look, today I think is a, a bit of a good work for the girls as well. It, it's, it shows like how dedicated they were and they've worked their backsides off to, to get there. Great day for Kilkenny Camogie overall. Miners beating Galway after extra time there in the All-Ireland now next Sunday. Hopefully the seniors can do it. But you now have two weeks to prepare and look forward to an All-Ireland final. How are you going to feel uh, or how are you going to prepare during that two weeks? Ah, well, look as well, we have to keep them a bit hungry as well like, for the game. So we'll do as much as we can over the next kind of two weeks. I'd say on Tuesday night now we probably won't be doing a whole lot, like, just kind of wear them down a little bit. Like, but then we'll pick it up again on Thursday and the weekend next week. And look, we'll be ready, whoever we play. I just think we focus on ourselves. And it's great that the miners got through, actually. You know, I just heard it there when we were doing the stretching there that they got through to the, the All-Ireland final as well, which is great. Well, two weeks to prepare. I know you're going to enjoy it. We're all going to enjoy it. We're heading to Croker the 12th of September. Congratulations and best of luck in the final, John. Thanks, Martin. Sophie O'Dwyer, happy lady. Ten points in total in an All-Ireland semi-final. You're heading to Croker again. What's your overall emotion after that victory there against Meath today? Well, first of all, it's an, it was an absolute relief when the whistle was blown. You know, I thought it could have been five more t- five more minutes even to go, but it was a battle today. Just absolutely delighted to get over the line. What do you feel that was changed to the last day that you played Meath in the quarterfinal? We know they broke your hearts with that last minute goal. You seemed to be cruising all the way through it. What was the difference between that day and your game here today? Well, I think since that ga- since that game, like we've just come together as a team we're a unit now and literally since every game I just feel we've been improving um, every time so it was just unbelievable to get over the line today and looking forward to the final now 
it's a very young team as we've said earlier on it's the first time that the team itself has got out of a group stage in five years here you are now in an All-Ireland final it must be great for some of these girls who have never experienced Crow Park they're going to experience it now it's going to be a fantastic build up yeah absolutely can't wait like you know of course it's a dream come true for some of us and it'll be I'd say it could be most of our first times playing in Crow Park so you know we're all absolutely buzzing now to get them in everyone is going to want to know nine frees they were immaculate I don't think you missed one chance on a free today what's the success with Sophia Dwyer's free taking abilities is it practice or tell us all how often do you practice the frees every week well yeah it's definitely practice I did I did hit the last one wide now but uh um, yeah, it's that. just you know, just uh, being confident over the ball. You know, if you have a doubt in your in your mind for a la- one split second, it goes wide. Like, so you just need to back yourself every time. Like, and that's it. Like, really, well, practice all the time. Outstanding performance today. Congratulations and best of luck in the All Ireland final. Thanks very much. Man. Kira feeling. Yes, You're after beating Meath in the All-Ireland semi-final. You're heading to Crow Park the 12th of September. What's your overall emotion after the victory? Um, to be honest, it's just, it's unreal. It's surreal. It's, I don't think it's hit us yet. Um, obviously, back in 2016, we were there and we had success then. So it's been a long few years. But we said this year, we put down a marker to start. When we came home from the Antrim game, we said, that's, that's not going to happen again. So ever since then, we kind of said... This is what our goal is and everyone went out and they put in a super shift so we're absolutely delighted. You started the league in wing back. Miss Hefanonia was commentating above on all the matches. We felt you needed to be pushed further up the field. You've played now in midfield and wing forward. Another outstanding game today. You must be happy with your performance this afternoon. Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm just delighted that we got over the line. And sure, everyone put in a great shift. It's a very hot day, so it was going to be tough coming out. And me, they're a superb side. And we came up against them in the league. And obviously, they got the goal in the last few minutes. So we were going to go. And thankfully, we came out on the right side. It's the first time that Kilkenny has got out of the group stages in five years first time in an All-Ireland in five years the last time we've done it we won the All-Ireland you must be happy enough but for especially this very young team because there's a lot of young girls that would not have played in Crow Park before yeah. great experience now for them with the build up to an All-Ireland oh yeah absolutely Like, and they're the ones that have put in so much effort like the likes of Kiro O'Keefe put down 2-7 or 1-7 in, in the Kildare game and she's absolutely fine at Tiffany at wing back they're leaders out on the pitch like Danielle they're all leaders and Hannah Scott in full forward everyone came out and they had one goal everyone is leader out there there's not older ones who've been here five years six years it's everyone everyone is a leader out on that pitch so absolutely delighted it'll be a happy week in the field and household yeah. I'm assuming mum and dad has probably gone to Abbottstown to yeah. watch Neve. they won the minor match she's vice captain so it'll be a great two weeks in the, the field and household and with Dixborough as well with so many girls on both panels yeah. yeah yeah it's absolutely brilliant we have good few on the minors and obviously intermediate and then we have Aoife on the seniors so it'll be a happy household for the next two weeks and I'm just delighted that the minors did it because it's a long time coming for them as well well, best of luck. You had an outstanding performance again in midfield today, I should say. And best of luck in the final. Thank you, Martin. Thanks very much. I'm here in Nolan Park after Kilkenny have beaten Mead uh, 13 points to 9 in the All-Ireland Intermediate uh, semi-final. I'm joined here by Tiffy Fitz and Neve Lahey. Uh, Tiffy, we'll start off with you. Great victory today. Oh, yeah. We're delighted to get the win now. Um just on to the next match now, we've not won yet, but uh, it was a hard-fought win today and what needs to be done when you get semi-finals, not in score and be fancy, you just need to get the win and get out. 
um, to Crow Park now for the next one. And I suppose I, the kind of the heartache of the league, the league quarter final, losing to Mead in the fashion that it was. Do you think that stood to you here today? Yeah, definitely. We knew that it was going to be a battle, um, regardless of what happened today. And we knew we had to fight to the very end. In the last water break, that's what we said. We've not won until the final whistle was blown, and we knew Mead could had the potential to come back like they did in the, the league final. So. We were, we were aware of that and we weren't going to give up today. We put in extra work to just push over the line today. That's great. And Neve, 2016, you stood with a lot of these girls to win in All-Ireland, to be back there five years later. You've been here for the last five years to get out of the group stages for the first time, get to an All-Ireland semi-final, heading back to Crow Park. Tell us, how does that feel? I don't, I, I can't, like I'm just so happy, I've been trying to get here again for like, what, we were in for four years, so I just, I'm just so fucking happy, but, um, but we, it doesn't matter if we haven't, we haven't done that yet, we need to win it, there's no point going to Crow Park and not getting the win, so um, we have to go again now in two weeks and get the win in Crow Park. And a huge, I suppose, monkey off the back, kind of getting out of the group stages a couple of weeks ago, beating Cork in Callan. Um, Got a great start here today, but it just looked like you were just comfortable the whole way through. You know, the last couple of weeks in training, what have you been kind of talking about, I suppose, in preparation for this game? I think the massive one is work rate. Work rate, work rate, work rate. When you have the ball, when you don't have the ball. You have to do as much when you don't have the ball as when you have the ball. So that was a huge one. Um, and turnovers. Turning over the ball is huge as well. They're the two big ones that we've been working on. So, um, yeah, that's what we've been working on mainly. But, like, to beat Cork in the group stages was unbelievable. But, like... It was from pure hard work and all the training we've put in and stuff like it wasn't like it, it was from pure hard work we've done everything and we deserve this so now we just have to go on and win it yeah absolutely i don't think there's anybody in cocaine that can't say you don't deserve this who do you want to come up against galway well guys thanks very much excellent game today and i can't wait for two weeks time Keeping things local but moving away from Camogie and GAA, we're going to talk boxing. And we talked boxing with Gary Kyo from Marble City Boxing Club. So at the moment, Shane, we're allowed back indoors. Uh, we're allowed full contact training, which is which is brilliant. Um, we're able to do our, our pad work, our bag work, um, and we're able to do some sparring again, which is which is fantastic. Um, and we're looking forward to now, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully restrictions been eased this bit further. Um, the Irish Athletic Boxing Association are working in um, partnership there with the government at the moment to set down championships and different dates. So hopefully it won't be too much longer and we'll have definitive dates on when we can actually get back to competing in the championships. Oh, amazing. Uh, I suppose with you know Kelly Harrington's heroics at the Olympics and like uh, Irish boxing but really being at the forefront of uh, Ireland's hope for medals, uh, that the interest would be huge and people just dying to whether... You know, people that have previously been doing it and was curtailed because of the pandemic, or somebody that's just getting interested in it again. Absolutely. Look, we we've been absolutely inundated now with messages and requests to to start joining the club and when was the club opening back up? Um, and a, a massive amount of female interest as well, which is fantastic. Um, because look, we've had some we've had some very successful girls box with the club over the last couple of years, um, qualifying for major international tournaments, winning national titles in the stadium. So. You know, we're, we're delighted to see the, the interest uh, in the females rising. Um, obviously, we've had huge male interest, as always. Um, and we're delighted to be able to give people the, the dates that we're actually... Our registration is back tomorrow night, Monday the 30th of August, from 7 until half 8. Um, we'll be down here. The coaches will be all here. The club will be open. People can come in, have a look around. They can 
fill up the membership forms and they'll have guaranteed their place then for the 2021-22 season. So, um, yeah, we're, 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 we're just buzzing to get back now. Awesome. So you're having that when this Monday night from seven to half eight down the club, I assume. Um, are you like do people can they come and go in between those times, or do you have to arrive at seven? And is there an induction process? What's the process like? No, people can come along anytime between seven and half eight. Just pop into the club. Anyone that has any questions or any hesitations about joining, come into the club. That's that's the best advice I can give you. They can come and have a chat with any of the coaches. They can see exactly the club, the layout of the club, what's involved with the training. Um, you know, the, the one thing I'd say is don't be afraid to come down. The doors are wide open to absolutely anyone. Um, you know, from nine years of age, nine years of age upwards for both boys and girls, the club is open, arms wide open to anyone. So any parents that have a small hesitation about their son or daughter joining the club, just come down, have a chat with the, the coaches. Um, and I, I guarantee you, you'll feel a lot more at ease after having a chat with the coach in here. And you'll see exactly what's involved. And, you know, who knows, you, you could be looking at the next Katie Taylor coming through the doors, um, and or Kelly Harrington, or any of these big stars, you, you know, so just come down to the club, and um, we'll get you all signed up, and we'll be ready to go for the new season. Uh, obviously, boxing, you know, has a huge fitness component as well to it. Like, if, if people don't necessarily want to compete or anything like that, is it still open to go down and, you know, uh, uh, try out um, and, and do it from a fitness perspective as opposed to a competitive perspective? Absolutely. Look, there's there's uh, there's an amount of people in the club that we have over previous years that have been involved in hurling, uh, soccer, rugby, different sports. They don't actually want to box. They want to come and train. And there's no, in, in my own opinion, and now I want to buy a chain, as you know yourself, uh, there's no better sport to get fit than the boxing. The cardio is just, it exceeds any other sport that they've ever been involved with. Um, so... There's loads of people come down. They just come down, they train, they, they pay their membership, they pay their weekly fee, and they're more than welcome. They'll get the exact same training as the lads that are competing. Yeah, I've I've done boxing training before. I did an eight week course over with Sully actually as we were preparing. It could have been twelve weeks as we were preparing for white collar boxing, and it was just I I don't think I've ever been in as good a shape as I was. So I can certainly attest to the the fitness aspect of it. In terms of yourself and you're wanting to get back competing and stuff, how is the actual current roster of people that you have with you? I'd say they're all raring to go. Yeah, look, they're they're really looking forward to getting back now, Shane. Um, for a long time we were kind of left in limbo we weren't sure whether we'd be competing this year uh, you know how how long are we going to have to wait um, but we've you know we've kind of been given uh, we've been given a kind of a green light to get back training and you know even to get back to the competitive element in sparring and you know um, contact training that was huge uh, because the lads really missed out on sparring and different things like that um, we've actually been given now our first couple in, international invitations uh, to different tournaments um, and by different clubs, which is huge. Um, so it, it, the future is looking bright again for us. Um, there's not many clubs now have received the invitations to, to these major competitions that we've we've got the invitations to. But um, again, it'll all depend on you know the restrictions and how much they're eased for us. But you know, hopefully they will be eased and we will be able to go and compete in these championships. Um, we have an awful lot of talent here in the club, right from 11 years, the first year of comp- competition, right up to senior level. Um, the talent is, is is extraordinary here in the club. A um, lot of lot of very skilled young lads, um, and you know they they really want to to get back into competition. So hopefully now over the next couple of weeks, those restrictions will be eased, and we can fire into competition um, and defend that best best uh, club in Leinster award.
Amazing. Um, you know, you were talking about the the kind of upsurge and people wanting to get back and whether that could be because of the pandemic. I suppose it'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this new kind of trend that's happening in the boxing world where it's almost YouTuber fights and stuff like that. We know Jake Paul is uh, scheduled to fight former UFC champion Tyrone Woodley soon. Um, we know that YouTube and social media is just an absolute behemoth when it comes to filling young people's minds, stuff like that. Would you attribute maybe uh, an upsurge in in the boxing world, not that there wasn't always an appetite for it, to something like that, to the YouTube stuff. I know Mike Tyson has talked about the money involved in that and how it's good for the sport. Manny Pacquiao disagrees and stuff like that. Where, from a local perspective, would you lie on these kind of almost spectacle celebrity fights? Right, look, Shane, I'll be honest with you, I think there's no doubt about it that the Jay Pauls and Logan Pauls and these lads that have got involved in boxing, man, they're huge celebrities. Um, you know, they're huge celebrities. And I think there's no doubt about it that a lot of kids, you know, who watch their YouTube channels and this are definitely starting up boxing because of these lads. Um, the YouTube boxing, it wouldn't be my thing, but at the, at the same time, it's bringing an awful lot of spotlight to boxing. And I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, the YouTube boxing, obviously, it's not as skilled as you would see down even in the club here, but it's bringing spotlight to the, to the boxing world. It's bringing more kids through the doors, and that's all we want. We want more kids through the doors. We want to see the next champions come through. You know, they, they'll be better than the Logan Pauls and the Jay Pauls of this world because they'll be starting at 10, 9, 10 years of age. By the time they get to 13, 14 years of age, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that any of our young lads will be able to beat like Jay Paul. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, look, it's bringing more kids through the door. It's bringing the spotlight to the boxing, which I think is fantastic. And someone that has the spotlight shining on them since she uh, turned pro was Casey Taylor. And uh, we heard from Kelly Harrington, who caught up with Ushin Langan last week, where she's almost undecided about going pro. Um, my following Katie Taylor's um, uh, boots, it has to be said, and uh, where she went to Rio and, you know, went out in the quarterfinals. But she's thinking now she might have Paris on her mind. Would you see her going amateur, uh, staying as an amateur for the next Olympics or turning pro? It, look, it's a difficult one, um, Shane, to be honest with you. I suppose Kelly Harrington is 31 years of age now. Um, you know, sport is, uh, sport is ruthless at the end of the day at elite level. Um, you know, your career can't go on forever. Um, so I think she might perhaps go professional and you know, make, make a small bit of money out of it because she definitely will attract big, promotion, big promoters all around the world um, looking for her signature. Um, or she could look decide that you know she wants to stay amateur, but she doesn't want those pressures brought on her. She could maybe try and qualify for the Paris Games. They're only three years away now; it's not the usual four years away. Um, but it's look, it's 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 completely up to herself. At the end of the day, she has a good team around her. You know, she has a good group of coaches with her, and I'm sure you know they'll they'll have her best interests at heart. You know, they they won't be um, they won't be phased by money or different things like that. Um, so look. Whatever, whatever she decides, you know, she's been an absolute fantastic role model for for, for Irish boxing and for any young uh, person looking to get involved in sport. She started when she was 14 years of age, you know, had a long, hard graft for 16 years to make it to the Olympic Games. And she just shows what hard work can achieve. So whatever she decides, look, we'd, we'd love to wish her the best of luck. Um, but she's, she's been a fantastic role model for Irish boxing. Uh, and so so is everyone that went over to Tokyo as well. It must be real heartwarming. I know that we have a, a, a great history when it comes to uh, boxing and the Olympics, but just seeing everybody going over this year and the, the belief that was instilled in them all, especially coming off the year that we've just experienced, it must have been great from a boxing perspective to see the spotlight really been shined once again on the ring. Yeah, and look, I suppose, Shane, the 2020, you know, the, 
the Tokyo Olympics um, was a major step forward for Irish boxers. Um, you know, especially coming after Rio 2016, when we realistically we had a disaster of, of a, an Olympic Games. Um, but winning no medals over there, to coming back to, to Tokyo and completely turning it around, all the boxers put in phenomenal performances. Some lost out to eventual gold medalists. Um, and we beat some world-class boxers along the way. Um, no doubt that there's a couple of future world champions there in professional ranks um, that we knocked out along the way. And it's just brilliant to see boxing back. You know, we are. Boxing is Ireland's most successful Olympic sport. Um, and we're continuing to churn out, you know, um, Olympic medalists. Every every four years, every cycle, we, we, we manage to try and churn out a few more. And it's just been brilliant for boxing to, to see them... Um, excel over there at Tokyo and hopefully now we can push on again for Paris and we can turn out another few medals yeah, fingers crossed and hopefully you'll have some people register in their interest on Monday night down with you at the club so just once again this coming Monday from 7 to 8 you're on the lookout for new members have a registration night people can just rock up uh, in between those times question yourself or the coaches if they have any hang ups or anything like that or any concerns and you'll be more than happy to answer them and go through everything that is involved with being a member of Marble City Boxing that's absolutely correct Shane. Yeah, just turn up tomorrow night from 7 to 8.30 um, and we'll be here to answer any questions you have. We'll be here with all our forms, ready to sign up, and just to guarantee your spot there for the 2021-22 season, um, and we'll hope to have many, many future champions come from the registration night tomorrow night. pleasure getting to talk to Gary and it's always a pleasure getting to talk to Colin Cronin from the Irish NFL show who likes to talk about well NFL yeah absolutely Shane I mean it's been an interesting one because I suppose the entirety of the the offseason up to a few weeks ago was dominated by the Aaron Rodgers story would he stay or would he go what would happen well much like Cristiano Ronaldo, after uh, he um, won the European Cup of Manchester United in 2008 and spent that summer flirting with Real Madrid and said he, he'd never play for United again, only to do so. Aaron Rodgers, much the same, after spending uh, the the early part of the summer saying, no, he wanted out, um, he will be back for, for Green Bay. But it's been a strange off-season. I mean, it reduced the number of games this year from... A traditional four to three, um, which is probably what it will be going forward. And we've seen teams take a very different approach. So some teams haven't barely played any of their starters. The Chargers have sat Justin Herbert, their rookie QB, who was so good last year, um, not having a preseason. They seem to maybe think that was the, the way to go, so he hasn't played at all. Whereas we have seen Patrick Mahomes play quite a bit for the Chiefs. Even last night, Mahomes starting in the, the final preseason game. Traditionally, you wouldn't see that. So it's been a, an interesting one in that respect. The other one that may stand out, uh, and my co-host, one of my co-hosts on the Irish and the won't like me talking about this, the New York Giants. Uh, it's been a, a turbulent uh, summer for, for the Giants. We saw a huge fight break out. And their star QB, Daniel Jones, uh, end up at the bottom of the pile. Generally, QBs are untouchable in training. You just don't go anywhere next or near them. But he, he got involved. That might work in their favor. They you know, might bring the team together. But they, we also saw four players 
leave the Giants training camp uh, for veteran players because uh, they just realized that their body wasn't up to it. So I'm very interested to see, you know, how that works for the Giants. It, I think it's a real boom or bust season for them. Um, and uh, it, that will be, you know, they could be talking about cleaning house, getting rid of their general manager, their head coach, and their QB next offseason. If it doesn't work equally, we may see them come together. Um, but at, at this stage, what you're what you're looking at really is a lot of the teams will, they've got to cut down to their 53-man rosters on Tuesday. Nine o'clock hour time on Tuesday is when the 53-man deadline is in. So they're using this weekend to kind of look at the guys who are the phrases on the bubble, whether they, they want to keep them or, or go somewhere else. And you'll also see plenty of trades happen over the next few days. The teams who, you know, don't want to risk a guy being cut and going onto a waiver wire and another team having access to him will be willing to give up a pick in next year's draft in order to, to acquire him. We saw that today with Gardner Menchu, who, um, you know, at the Jaguars, they, they had the first pick in the draft. They went with Trevor Lawrence, the superstar um, college QB. Everyone knew he was going to be the starter. They played, they dragged it out, but they announced it the other day. So they've allowed Gardner Menchu to go to the Eagles. The Eagles now have three QBs. The saying is, when you have two QBs, you have no QBs. They have three. Jalen Hurts will start the season, but it is going to be uh, an interesting one, uh, certainly in, in Philadelphia, to see how that plays out. I think that could be certainly a bit of a, a QB carousel there. I believe Brock Lesnar, when he was training with the Minnesota Vikings, got down to this stage as well. Obviously, Brock Lesnar, UFC, WWE superstar as well. Uh, someone that has a huge name value. That's going back years, back in 2004. But like, it, it can be quite tough then for players. So are, are, would you be looking at lads not even making the NFL with these roster cuts? Um, absolutely, um, you will, and and it's really tough because why, we always hear all the time, Shane, about the, the huge contracts, right? Patrick Mahomes and the, the half a billion dollar contract that everyone talked about. But of course, you know, some of that money is guaranteed, lots of it isn't. And obviously, you know, you, you know with him, even what's guaranteed is astronomical sums. But for a lot of these guys, you're talking uh, about the people say the NFL stands for not for long. Because the average career in the NFL is three years. So a lot of these guys will earn, you know, maybe in the region of, two, say, 250, 250,000 for over three years. But if that's your career and as a result, you're, you're, you know, you've got knee year and hip injuries for the rest of your life, that can take a, a, a big toll. So there will be guys who, you know, um, will give it everything. And uh, just just won't make make the cut. We'll also see guys who've been in the league. The Lions earlier um, this se- uh, off season, just a couple of weeks ago, left go of their long snapper, um, and he had been with them for seventeen years. Now in the uh, in the NFL, that's almost unheard of. So um, they're, they're, it's definitely a time of year where guys will bring their careers to a close. But equally. What you're going to have is some guys who weren't drafted um, who make the roster and have breakout seasons. It happens all uh, the time. And so uh, that's certainly something to, to keep an eye on is who, who is the surprise that a team takes a chance on that they have a breakout year and go, go on to become an NFL superstar? Wow. Um, is the NFL... I know that 
like over the past while we've seen him be rocked by controversies and it seems to kind of subside all that you know you had the take in the knee you've had various different NFL stars been accused of various different things um, have they been able to sidestep that because what interests me is I know the the failure of the alliance of American football um, and uh, the XFL even though the XFL is still kind of burning away in the background is there is there ever really any kind of major i don't know concern from the nfl over the past while with these wannabe leagues that are going to be coming to fruition or have previously kind of subsided but the xfl is still burning away but there seems to be a want possibly from the american public of something different um i think there's a, there's a desire for a developmental league in many respects but um shane you talked about wwe wrestling and and vince mcmahon and you know, every so often, some other uh, wrestling entity will raise its head and, and make some noise. But ultimately, WWE is where it's at. And NFL is very similar. Despite everyone, you know, um, raising their head over the, the power bit and the XFL and the others, the ratings for the NFL, the contracts, the money that's being paid, it continues to roll in. I mean, if you were to compare the the, ra- the, ra- the rankings or the ratings between, say, the uh, Super Bowl and the NBA Finals, the NBA has a, a real issue because they, their final um, viewing figures have dropped incredibly over the last few years. The NFL continues to, to be that behemoth. I mean, even last year with, with no fans in the, the stadium for, for the most part, um, they they were still ra- raking in the the money. Um, it's it's an interesting one because they do they have these collective bargaining agreements. That's where the seventeenth game comes from. Where now traditionally it's been sixteen. Ultimately, the talk is that it may go to eighteen. But the the thirty two team owners are you're talking the vast vast majority of them are billionaire owners. Billionaires tend to get what they want. And that has certainly been the, the case in the, the NFL to date. One thing that might be worth keeping an eye on, earlier this summer, um, Peyton Manning uh, was inducted into the Hall of Fame. His uh, Hall of Fame speech was phenomenal. It had to be very short this year because they were had two classes going in. But in that eight-minute speech, I think he may have been auditioning for the NFL commissioner role. I wouldn't be surprised. Not this year. It will be 2026. Uh, when Roger Goodell's term is up, but we may well see Peyton Manning um, take over as NFL commissioner, and that would be really interesting to have one of the top, top former players in that position and what it might mean for the dynamic between the owners and the players. Speaking of being able to see someone, people may be able to see you on September 26th. I believe you're having an NFL meetup. You're going to meet fans, watch games, win some NFL merch. It looks exciting. Yeah, absolutely. The the plan is COVID restrictions uh, um, ease. Uh, the our aim has always been to kind of bring fans together all across the island. So um, we have a we've a, a couple of um, kind of meetups coming up. So we're we're going to be meeting up in um, Dublin on uh, week two of the uh, the new season. So the new season begins with the Bucks Cowboys on Thursday the ninth. But really, it's the um, Sunday, the twelfth, is when the, most of the action takes place. So you'll see us in um, the Woolshed in uh, Dublin on the nineteenth, and we will be in Belfast on the twenty-sixth. We'd love to to welcome as many NFL fans as possible for those, and 
rest assured for those of you around the country, we do intend to um, hopefully, as the season goes on and, and if those restrictions lift that allow us to, to, to really um, get people together, Cork, Galway, Kilkenny, um, and so on, uh, that are certainly on our radar to try to hold meetups because we know that there are NFL fans throughout the country. So the opportunity to, to come together to celebrate this great sport is something we, we really want as well. How did you find the reception then of Virgin Media? Did you find that the exposure, because a lot a lot of things are done on social media, but being on a on a you know a massive channel like Virgin Media, how did you find the reception to that? Did you find it brought more kind of fans out of the out of the tool shed there? Yeah, it definitely. I mean, it was it was wonderful um, to have the opportunity to to go on and and, and do that. Um, I, I think the you know the the likes of yourself being such a big supporter. The, the it was great to get on for the draft. I think the ability to get on for a, a game would be would be really game changing, Shane. Because I think for the draft, it's it's not re- it, if you're not totally into the sport, it can still be a little bit. Well, what's all this, what's all this about? Whereas if it was for a game and people were able to see the action a little bit, that might be a, a game changer. But what's been interesting, I think, over particularly say over the the last couple of years that we've seen, is the number of um, you know players of different sports all around the country um, who are big NFL fans. Jackie Terrell is a massive NFL fan. Dean Rock is a big NFL fan. Tommy Bow is is a big. Um, NFL fan so that's what's been really interesting is seeing the the number of kind of uh, sports stars from around Ireland but it, it has been great I think the access to watch games you know I mean this you go back and you see some of the coverage um, uh, from say the, the 80s and the 90s that was on Irish television and we also just uh, this past week uh, we're very fortunate to to get to, to interview uh, one of the the Rooney family who own the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we know the the long history that they have with Ireland. Former uh, Ambassador Rooney uh, was the U.S. Ambassador in Ireland, used to bring over Steelers players. We also got to talk to um, Coach Bill Cower, who was inducted into Pro Pro Football Hall of Fame, and who brought who led that Steelers team who played in Croke Park. Um, on hallowed turf, as Ambassador Rooney called it, in 1997. We also got to, to speak to the Steelers GM, uh, current GM. He wasn't there then. But to, to have that access, to get to speak to a current uh, NFL G, uh, GM, I think uh, um, they, there's a recognition in America about the growth of the game, the game globally and the fact that fans in Ireland are so passionate about the game. Well, it, it, it's you can see your passion coming through as well on all social media channels. Anybody that is just maybe hearing of the Irish NFL show for the first time, where can they follow everything along? Yeah, thanks, uh, Shane. Um, I, they can check us out. We have a website, irishnflshow.com. You can also find us. We're particularly active on uh, on Twitter, IRENFL. Um, get, get in touch there and we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well but if you Google Irish NFL show you'll show us um, during the off season we have one show a week but building up to the, the, the uh, kick off of the new season uh, the hope is that there'll be a couple of shows uh, that that week uh, as we build up to the Buck Cowboys on the 9th so I'd say keep an eye out on particularly on Wednesday the 8th of September for our season preview show 
um, and we will be back once the season kicks off. We'll have shows on Sunday, Monday, and Thursday, uh, building up to all those games. That's when NFL games are played. The majority are played on Sundays, but there are Monday night and Thursday night games, and the Irish NFL show will be uh, building up to all of those. So we'd be delighted for anyone to, to watch in, to join myself and Michael and Brian and Mark. Send us your questions, comments, if there's something you want to know about the game, you're new to it, um, we're, whether you, you're a veteran fan and you've been watching since uh, the, the 80s or, or before, or you're a newbie to the sport, uh, reach out, get in touch. The Irish NFL Show is uh, welcoming everyone. That's it from the Scoreline Extra. You can catch the show live with myself, Shane O'Keefe, and the angry young man, Robbie Dowlin, every weekend from 2 to 6 on KCLR. Until then, stay safe and stay sane.